Taylor Swift famously wrote the lyrics, can I ask you a question? While seemingly a simple query, it plays to the idea that we all have questions, some we never pose, and some we agonize over never being answered. Pop culture is overrun with gossip columnists, blind items, and paparazzi photos in this predatory society we live in. But what if you actually got to sit down with your favorite artist or athlete? What if you got to ask them all the questions you've always pondered? But here's the catch. You can't ask them questions that you've seen speculated on in social media. Instead, you get to ask them why. Why did they write that song? Why did they choose that part to audition for? Why did they sign with that team? Why did they write that book? Back in the day, MySpace was known as, quote, a place for friends. The Space show is instead a place where we get to really know each other, not just on the surface. Knowing why someone does something can literally change the trajectory of history. That being said, can I ask you a question? Hey y'all, I'm Mandy, the host of the Why Space Show, and today I've got my good friend and fellow Swifty and my partner in all things pop culture, Becca, back on the show. Hey guys. Um, so today's show, uh, we're going to talk about something that we are pretty much inundated with because of our love of following everything that is pop culture. Some might argue we're part of the problem, but we really feel like we're more part of the solution, and that's what we're here to talk about today. But Essentially, like there's this whole lack of boundaries in our society when it comes to the personal lives of celebrities um, who we all either love or love to hate. And today we've got a couple of questions we're going to talk about towards the end and some things we want to chat about. And we'd really like to hear your thoughts and opinions um, about our thoughts and opinions. So you can drop those in the comments section. Um, so Beth, let's kick it off by, well, first, I think this episode is called called why we believe it's time to cancel the blind item culture. So for those that perhaps don't spend as much time in the pop culture online world, um, we need to explain what a blind item is. And I found a little definition. So the technical definition, I guess, is these are pieces of gossip which are posted online completely anonymously. Sometimes they give them nicknames or hints toward who the celebrities are that they're referencing, but it's really up to the reader to piece together these clues like a detective as to what the blind item is really saying. Um, so there are several people that at least we're familiar with, and I'm sure there are bazillions more. But there's a couple that we're pretty familiar with from TikTok, especially. Um, and so we're going to kick off talking about one of those, um, which is a site or a it's a personality du moi. Um, it's, it's technically a person. It was really technically two people. They don't release publicly their name-ish, but yet yeah. you can Google and figure out who it is. And essentially what she does is people send in blind items to her and she puts them on the internet. And sometimes she has commentary with them. She has a podcast, apparently a book and a Netflix deal and a board game. A game. <laughs> which I can't. I just can't. Um, my birthday is next month, though. If you wanted to get me the board game so we could do a review, whatever. There you go. Okay. Um, but Dumois is really in the hot seat lately. Um, she got yeah. into it, um, I guess now, what, almost a month ago? 
Yeah, it's been about a month now. Yeah, with Tree Pain, who is the PR person, yep. guru for Taylor Swift, and it's like one of the leading PR people in the industry. But essentially, Dumas is constantly online posting about Taylor, people sending blind items in, and or a lot of times it feels like Dumas just kind of has it out for Taylor and posts her opinions yeah. as blind items, but that's just my personal take. Um, but anyway, so she posted a little bit over a month ago, I guess it was the day of the Beyonce premiere in London, we know, mm -hmm. um, that there was two stories she posted that day. One was about um, Taylor's previous relationship with Joel Alwyn and how serious it ever got, we'll say, and then something that may have like personally happened with them and their relationship. We're not going to spread that because we don't know if either mm -hmm. one was true. It's not our business. And that's not what we do. But Tree apparently had had enough. And you don't know Tree Pain. You do not want to piss her off. She's got red hair. That alone right. tells you. Don't get on her back. <laughs> Step back. But Tree came out on Twitter, which, or X, whatever we call it these days, yeah. which she never does. Um, the last time she did that was when Taylor had her um, infamous beef with Kim and Kanye. Um, and was pretty much shutting Dumois down. Like, you need to hush up. Like, this is hurtful and it's doing damage. Um, so like when this happened, we were texting, we were like, what, yes. what is happening? Um, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, because it was so crazy that tree was doing this in general. Um, right. but then also we were kind of like, yeah, like, don't be talking about people like this. Well, and I think like so many rumors get spread and things get yeah. said that they have stayed very hush hush quiet like let people believe whatever they're going to believe and so the fact that she came out specifically um not even just on this topic but to this specific creator um yeah. it was a big deal and that i think said a lot to not only swifties but also other people in the industry well and i mean because dumas like i i didn't go look this morning to look at her following but she's got a very substantially sized following. I do know she lost a lot when this happened. And in yeah. full disclosure, I followed Dumas uh, when this happened. Um, and honestly, for me, it was kind of like a wake up call. Like I read the stuff that Dumas posted. Um, honestly, it's not, it wasn't new stuff. She has posted stuff about both topics multiple times. Yeah. I don't know what set tree off that day or Taylor. I don't, I don't know. But honestly, that day, you and I talked about this. It, I felt guilty because then I was like, I'm kind of adding to this and full disclosure, even more. So I was like a subscriber on Dumois um, Instagram. I don't even really know how all that works, but I know I paid her $2 a month, one month. Um, <laughs> I need a refund. Um, but you know, I, I mean, but when I saw that, I, it, it made me feel guilty, honestly, but it was a good wake up call to say as entertaining as I find a lot of this stuff to be like, they're still people. She's still a person. If right. the stories are true, false, whatever, I don't know. We'll probably never know. But like some of the things that were rumored in there have happened to me. And I know I would certainly not want anyone yeah. hypothesizing about it. Has it has to be a line. And I know that that, that doesn't exist in the media um, because they're trying to make a buck. They're trying to get a click. And I understand that. But I think we as a society have to get back to there has to be a line in some kind of let this be personal and this be public. Um, and oftentimes because Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are some of our favorites, we 
kind of go back to that as an example. But I really think that he is a prime example of being so good at, I will talk about this because it's public. You saw me in Argentina. I'll talk about that. But I'm not going to talk about when we go out to dinner and when we're at my house. Like those are private moments. The same for any other human. Like I don't mind if you talk about if you saw me at some event or something, but don't try and get into my business at home. Like there has to be a line somewhere. Well, and I think that leads to our first why question of the day. So like why is society so fascinated by knowing the details of the lives of celebrities? And I did a little research because this is an educational program as well. Um, There's like a whole thing. There's like a whole psychological disorder. So many. Yes. Psychological breakdowns of this. There's this thing called celebrity worship syndrome. And I had never heard of this until like, I mean, I could have put those words together, but like, I didn't know this was like a thing. Like you could go to the doctor and be diagnosed with this, which I mean, there are some days of the week, possibly we could have this diagnosis. Right. And you know, it's fine. It's fine. We're, we're in recovery. It's fine. But I do think that like, so when you read about celebrity worship syndrome, it's exactly what you would think when you hear it. It's like basically a a form of like obsessive addictive disorder where you become like overly involved in the details of a celebrity's personal and professional life. I would say Dumont probably suffers from this. She didn't ask my opinion, but I think so. And honestly, she kind of deserves whatever she gets at this point. But um, I think like, why are we so fascinated by this? So like, For you personally, why are you fascinated by the things that you and I are constantly sending each other? What what is it about it that's fascinating to you? I think for me, it's I just have a curiosity of so many things. How do these people live? Like, what would it be like to seemingly live this life of luxury to be able to travel and do and go as you please and not be, you know, stuck to a job that you're at eight to five. Like, so it's just fascinating to kind of see what they do with their professional life, what they do in their personal life, because if in some way you connect with them, whether it be they just really entertain you as a person, they seem very interesting. Um, It's fascinating for me just to kind of see like, what do you do with that? How do you navigate your celebrity side to your personal side. And I've always just Mm -hmm. found that really interesting. And then kind of seeing how worlds mix and mesh and Mm -hmm. how does this cross over to this is just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same on my side of the world. Like I, I think that like when you have someone like Taylor, who we do talk about a lot because we are big fans, but I think when you have someone like her that, she does put a lot of Easter eggs in her music, in her outfits, yeah. in her everything she does, her interviews. She tells you that yeah. she does. So there's this part of me that struggles sometimes with like, okay, you want us digging deeper and looking for the other meaning, but there's still a lot. But I think yeah. that what the whole Dumont tree pain thing, which first of all, I'm going to ride the tree pain any day of the week. I know we both are like, yeah, she's just. I'm pitching I mean, her she is, that one. Yeah, like I am never going to piss her off, no, no. matter what happens. Um, but I think too, like there's a big difference, and I think the whole Dumois thing that happened with Tree that day, the wake up call that I had was like, I love this stuff. I love talking about it. Clearly, we have a show about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, like 
they give us so much of themselves. We don't need to be digging behind the curtain. And I think we do it because like you said, like it is, you just kind of wonder how the other side of the world lives. I mean, it's the whole like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. But also I think it's like, it is a bit of an escape. You know, mm-hmm. like you kind of can escape, like I'm having a real crappy day. I'm going to go on TikTok and check out Dumois, that Kyle Roth lady or person, orange. I don't know. She's yeah. whatever that is. Like, it's like you kind of have this escape. But I think what I realized that day when the Dumois thing happened with Tree is at whose expense? Yeah. Because honestly, at the end of the day, that's at Taylor's expense. Yeah. And honestly, and we're not, I'm not a fan, but it's also a Joe Owens expense. Like, talk yes. about a guy that didn't, like, it is still that. asking for that, you know? And, I mean, there's all kinds of rumors about that we won't get into. But still, like, I mean, it's at their personal expense. And so. Yeah. Well, and I think that when all of this stuff kind of came out for me personally, it kind of made me look back at, like, okay, maybe, like, I unfollowed Dumois. And then kind of take a look at like, who am I following and what am I clicking on? What am I giving clickbait to? So -hmm. that it made me a little bit more mindful. If it's something a lot more personal, then I'm going to take a second to think about that because I do feel like they give us so much in the public eye that you're right. I don't need to go digging into your personal life. But I also think at this kind of time that we're in with TikTok and Instagram, we have all of these people that are famous for being TikTokers and Instagrammers mm-hmm. and yeah. they are literally getting ready to go out to dinner and we're watching them. Like we're watching them make bread, make dinner, like all of these things. And so I think people get into the mindset of, well, if so-and-so is letting me see them get dressed and get their makeup on, then I should be able to do that with any celebrity that I'm interested yeah. in. And I think yeah. that's where you start getting where people start to cross the line. Yeah. And I mean, the next topic that we have is like blind items. Okay. So there's a couple of thoughts that we had around this. And to that point, there are some celebrities, personalities, whatever you really want to call these people, um, who actually play into the blind item culture. Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I think if Dumas like ever wrote like a tell all book, yeah, which may be what her book is about, who knows? I don't know. Um, I don't think so though. But if she did, honestly. I would bet a really large percentage of the stories that she has and that she puts out are coming from, if not the person themselves, their team. Yep. And I, we follow an account Backgrid um, on Instagram or TikTok. I don't even know where we follow all these things now. Probably both. <laughs> yeah, um, Instagram. But that one is super obvious when a celebrity or they're tipping off the paparazzi about where they are, which is a, common thing that has happened forever but i think that that account for some reason really drives that point home to me it is very obvious that um emily rada rakowski or whatever her name is it is real clear that she calls them up on the speed dial every day they're like number one on her favorites on her cell phone (laughs) because like we see her walk her dog more than i even see my dog so like just saying (laughs) you got those people and hey like I'm not going to pretend that I don't think that Taylor's team calls some of those groups. Sometimes I think that there are very strategic path walks that happen. I think she had one back in the spring when the announcement came out that she and Joe had broken up. She had a very obvious path walk coming out of a restaurant. Like, yeah, you you do what you got to do. It's part of the business. So how do we like, 
how do you balance that? Like you're begging for it sometimes, but then sometimes you're like, you know, and we don't know for sure that it's you calling. It just kind of seems that way. Right. We can only assume in a lot of situations. And honestly, I think if you do it once and make it obvious, we're just going to assume that you're always doing this. So you can't play into it sometimes and then sometimes be offended that it's happening. That's just not how it's going to work. I I think it is part of like, I think it is part of being a celebrity too. I mean, at the end of the day. It has to be because you can use, if the paparazzi are already going to be there, might as well use them for good. If you're getting bad media, let's spin the narrative. Let me fix whatever's out there about me. So I do think that you're right, that it is used by celebrities, not all of them, not all the time, but I think it's used a lot more than probably we realize. Oh yeah, I think so. And but kind of the flip side of that question. So like, why are the celebrities doing it? And again, it's free, it's free publicity, honestly. And it does get those people kind of in their back pocket. Like you said, something comes up, they need to kind of spin the narrative. They've got somebody they're already working with. They can call. I think it's part of the business, but then there's the other side of it. That's like, why do people submit these blind items to Dumas that are not like a part of someone's team? Full disclosure, I'm going to tell myself a little bit. We went to New York in October um, and we randomly saw on the streets of New York, as you do, celebrities quite a bit. And part of what Dumas does is on Sunday, she has like the Sunday sightings, which saying if you've noticed since Tree called her out, she hasn't done really very limited and for a couple of weeks she didn't do it at all yeah um but back then it was still like really hot and heavy every sunday and so honestly there were a couple people we saw that i sent to dumas um and she put them out there like she i didn't take pictures um but she published them i mean she doesn't publish who it's from yeah now the funny thing is when that happened there was a pretty long list of celebrities we saw and there were only a few that i actually told her about part of it was like I didn't really remember most of the time. Yeah. But then there were a couple of people that like, I didn't want to be invasive to them. And so I found it funny looking back on it now that like, I even knew at that point, like, this is probably not like, yeah, you know what you should be doing, but there are a litany of people, obviously, because Sunday sightings exist and she's not the only person. We're just, she's kind of a hot topic that she's just one of the things that people know. And so I think that there's like the part of us that does it because like we enjoy reading it. So we want other people doing it. So we send them in, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. But I think it goes back to like, why are people, it goes back to again, why are we so fascinated by all this? Why do we feel like we have the right as other human beings to say, hey, I saw so-and-so coming out of this place or with this person? Like, I think it's almost how did that- we get here? You feel like important almost like I was in the same room as so and so and I want you to know about it, even Mm -hmm. if it's anonymously like you still kind of internally get that like I knew and I was there. Um, I think that it makes you feel important there. I do think that there is sadly a flip side where people submit things that aren't accurate. Possibly they're, you know jealous they want to see somebody fail that they don't like for some odd reason maybe personally they know them or maybe just in general i don't want you to have that life because i don't have it like you just never know and so that's why even you and i like we'll send you know screenshots of her twitter feed or something that we saw and then one of us will be like that's not true because of xyz so we We pretty much are like unhired detectives if you ever need 
anything, I assure you we can find it. That's um, right. <laughs> or at least 15 theories about what it could be. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think there's that part of it. But I think there's there's kind of a couple of things at play here, right? So there is there's the blind item culture, which we can agree, though we have been guilty of partaking, probably needs to be canceled. Probably needs to. Yeah. And then there's the side of it where celebrities play into this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think about journalism as a whole. You've got entertainment journalists, which, by the way, if anyone is listening and needs to hire two of them, we you are available. Some. We are good at what we do and we are, we're ready and we can write. So I'm just saying we're, we're, more, than we're more than you were looking for. Um, but you know, like USA Today, they hired the like dedicated Beyonce reporter at Brian West guys, the dedicated Taylor reporter, dream job. But you do have entertainment journalists and are they really journalists or are they glorified paparazzi? See, that is interesting to me because I think that it depends on how invasive are they being or are they even being invasive? Are you just breaking down and going to the spots that she's at publicly? You know, if it's a music artist, are you at their concerts? Are you getting one-on-one interviews with them or people that are actually hired by them, their PR team or whatever? That's different to me because then, okay, that's a great job. But if you're really just hired to dig into where did she go to breakfast today? You know, she was driving around town. It's so funny to me when you see an article of like Travis and Taylor in a car driving to like his other house. And they were like, they were on a romantic ride. They were literally on a car ride. There's nothing romantic. Like they weren't even talking in the picture. I'm just they could have been listening to like a true crime documentary podcast. Like, yeah. Maybe actually listening to this show. I don't know. That's just maybe. I'm sure it's on their list. <laughs> it's my opinion of that. But I do think there's a big difference to your point of like these paparazzi pictures of people like driving in a car, which first of all, just makes me think of Princess Diana. It's dangerous. Yes. Back off. Like, stop. Okay. Yeah. Because if something happens to any of these celebrities that we know and love, like I'm going to yeah. be real mad. Real mad. Um, so you got that side of the picture, but then you have things like you mentioned earlier when Travis went to Argentina to the Eras tour and Taylor took off hightailing it off the stage, jumping in his arms, making out with him when she's good and well knew because she was waving at everyone. Right. And her own photographer is like, ping, right up, right up on her. <laughs> like what? I mean, it goes back to the Easter eggs. Like, what do you think we're going to do? Like, well, but I think in be- those moments, and that was probably one of our favorite weekends of 2023. Never in that moment, it's like you're delving into every angle of those events because it was public. So I didn't, yeah. you don't feel like you're being invasive. I don't, I don't feel, feel like gross. I'm stepping into a situation that I should, her dad was standing right there. Like, it's that was like we're all seeing this. Yeah. But it's just, it's when they're like in the car riding somewhere or, you know, trying to eat dinner. Don't do the creepy snapshots. Like, let them just be humans and have a meal. I can't imagine yeah. like worrying constantly as I'm putting food into my mouth. What <laughs> will someone's fixing to get a picture? Like, listen, the fact that any of them, <laughs> the fact that any of them can walk, especially yeah. downstairs with all those flashes, yeah. I don't even know how. I can't even breathe watching it. Right. I just close my mind. Holding onto the rail. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> um, apparently this is like my um confessional hour, but and you know this story, but um 
when we went to New York, um, we were going to brunch and I happened yeah. to notice what the next street over was. And because things are on the internet, I happened to know that um, one of Taylor's properties was on this street. Legit was just taking my, at the time, seven-year-old just to see the outside of it and be able to say like, oh yeah, yeah there it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and around the corner and what do I see? Paparazzi. Really? And it was my first time to ever see it like in real life. Um, and it looks in person as disgusting as it feels and sounds. Um, it's just like this herd of like middle-aged to older men, like a lot of gray hair. Yeah. Long lens cameras or even cell phones with like these lens attached to them, which I didn't even know was a thing. Literally just like standing there. And honestly, right when I saw it, I was like, oh, they were standing by a dumpster too. And I was like, is this your job? You go stand by a dumpster? Like, what a crazy day. <laughs> and then the fascination is like, what are they waiting on? Like, yeah. what's happening? And my it's seven year old is like, who are these people? Like, what are they doing? And I'm like trying to explain to a seven-year-old what paparazzi is. And like, yeah, he's like, what? So his question to me was, does that mean she's here? And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess so probably. So what did we do? Well, let's go find out. <laughs> so I walk up to these guys and I'm like, what are y'all doing? And they're like, oh, she's about to come out. And I was like, she isn't she, 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 like she, right. Yep. Okay. So my seven-year-old has, his biggest crush to date on Taylor. And he's like, um, we're going to stay here. Right. And I'm like, well, ugh, let's go stand yeah. on the other side behind this dumpster because like, I don't want to be seen. I feel creepy. Yeah. Full disclosure. It was the weekend that the chiefs were in town. No, it wasn't. It was his the off weekend. Um, and Travis was there and we knew that based on social like, media. I knew that he was at her apartment. So my son is also obsessed with Travis Kelsey, as am I. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, well, I can't just, like, make him walk away. What if we get to see him? But I don't really, like, feel good about this. And so, like, we hid behind a big dumpster thing, right, with another girl and her boyfriend. And we stood there probably 20 minutes. The security cars come pulling up, you know, and she – we never saw her walking, but her yeah. car pulled out of her garage. We could see them in the back seat mainly just their shadows, but you could definitely tell it was them based on like their size and all of that, her hair. Um, and then they drove off. It was creepy. Like, yeah. Is it kind of like a cool thing to remember that we did? I mean, I guess kind of, but it was creepy. Yeah. And I can't imagine that that's like their daily life. And I just think that there's a really big difference between the fact that these guys are like standing outside of these people's apartments and then what she chooses to do publicly or any of them choose to do publicly. Yeah. And I just think that's where like that whole thing has to be so calculated. Yeah. And like, think of how many times you go out your front door to like take the trash bag out or get the mail or something. And you're like, my God, I hope that the neighbors aren't out. I don't want to say bye. Whatever the case may be. And these people literally, and I think that you see on a lot of documentaries or interviews with celebrities when they're like walking from an event or from their home, and they get straight into a car and you can almost see like they finally take a breath. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how stressful that is. Like just to walk to your car, you've got 75 people. Counting. Yeah. 
yelling you know, this, and you're like, I just want to go to the gas station and grab a drink. Like, <laughs> you know, this weekend I noticed, um, there were pictures of Taylor out to a dinner in LA with friends. And I noticed as they were coming out of the restaurant towards the car, the flashes, I don't even, again, I don't know how they function, no. but just, it's like inundated, just like rapid fire. And yeah. the second, like the back of her is in the car completely. There's still one other person to get in the car, but that person is not famous. Once she's completely in the car, it goes stops. Silent. It's just like, this is really sickening, but we consume it and they know we're going to consume it. And yeah, that's probably part of why they still do it. I mean, yeah, it's got to sell. The other part of this is like, again, what is public, what is private, what is put in the public eye and what is not. Yeah. And then there's like the whole aspect of safety. So the other thing that is on social media is, there's a guy, Jack Sweeney, who has these accounts that are jet tracking accounts. Allegedly, this all began as like him trying to like highlight the emissions, like carbon, whatever, danger to the environment, whatever that these private jets are making. Yeah. Allegedly. I put a big asterisk next to that. I think this was totally based on the people that he created accounts for Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian, people like that is totally to get clicks yeah. but it works and full disclosure again because this is my confessional hour i used to follow all those yeah um and i did it for a couple of reasons i did actually find because he does publish he's built a bot that does publish like the emissions thing i don't even know what a lot of that means but i did find it very interesting when like it would show you like how many tons of whatever again i don't even know what that means information yeah. What do you want us to do with that? Yeah. But at no. the end of the day, it was really more like, oh, well, she's here. More, yeah. You know, when is she leaving? You know, and that in itself began to feel very disgusting. And obviously, Tree went after them as well. And that at least the Taylor Swift specific account is gone. Allegedly, she's still on the celebrity account, but she started chartering flights too. Because honestly, speaking yeah. of Princess Diana, none of this is safe. Like, well, at first, it was kind of fun to be like, oh, my gosh, look, you know, at this yeah. jet-setting lifestyle. She's going here. What do you think she's doing? Or is she going to be with her and Travis specifically? It's more of like, what game is she going to be at? What event can he be at? And trying to map those schedules together and watch where she's flying. And so it was kind of fun for a sane person. I think mm -hmm. that you have people that take it to the extreme and don't know yep. where to draw that line. And that's where it becomes scary for the celebrities. Yeah. Um, I do like when, at first when the account went down, I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to know, you know, if she's yeah. this or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Cause now it's just fun to see where she pops up and you know, what yeah. sure she does get, cause there are places she goes that she can be discreet and go in the back and no one even knows she's in that state. Um, yeah. and then there's places that she goes where she clearly is okay with being photographed walking in or out of the restaurant or whatever the case may be. But I think that it does. I can't even fathom being the security person that has to monitor all of this, being family members that worry about, you know, they literally know your every move. So the fact that like there's a lot of them now that you can't track as much, I think is a good move uh, yeah. to kind of try and squelch that a little bit. Well, and, you know, in like kind of doing our research for this episode, 
Um, and just in general, and talk because we do talk about this a lot because we are such consumers of this, and we do want to do it like in a responsible, respective way. Yeah, respective, respectful way. I thought of about like Erin Andrews and I didn't realize that that was like all the way back in 2008 when her like stalkers like filmed her unknowing to her in a Nashville hotel and like I mean that's just creepy and unsafe and Taylor herself has had I mean I didn't I didn't even you can't even find them all but like she's had someone just crawl in her bed in her Tribeca apartment like she wasn't in the bed but she was in the apartment like her dad has had like a guy come into his apartment that he had to literally fight like oh i mean drew barrymore's had the stalker that like ambushed her stage recently like i mean selena gomez like britney spears they all like i mean i have noticed these women because like these men i'm sure they have stalkers but it is not to this level yeah and i think it just goes back to the whole question of like what we were talking about of like there's this psychological component to it. And like the fact that there's like a diagnosis for this is got to be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's like, I think back to like the early 2000s, Perez Hilton, right? Like the first, really the first big person to publish like celebrity rumors. He was and like Perez. the physical embodiment of a tabloid. Yeah. And like Perez has even gone through like the ups and downs of like, you know, getting canceled, not canceled, all that kind of right. stuff. Some people have played to it. Some people haven't. But then you go to like playing off Perez's name with Paris Hilton when she and Kim Kardashian like per- published the first like self-styled selfie in 2006. Like just even back in November, Paris was bragging about that still. Yeah. Like TMZ, like they pay millions to people for this news. And if you watch Keeping Up with Kardashians or whatever it's called now, which I don't, but yeah. Um, they clearly are constantly alerting the paparazzi and making money off of it. Uh-huh. So it's like, what, like, what are we supposed to do with that? Like, how do you responsibly, respectfully consume pop culture news today? Like, what are, what are your tips or what I do you try to do? I just, I try to be mindful of the sites that I'm looking at. I tend to more lean towards publications that I know that PR people have relationships with. So then I feel like at least in that sense, the information that I'm being given wasn't just like invasive. Their people put that out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to be clear of, I don't click on Perez Hilton stuff. Um, I don't don't even like, I don't know if they're even like a a thing anymore. he's He's still problematic. Um, but I think it's just trying to be mindful of that and then not feeding into those narratives. But I think that there's, I mean, anytime you consume any social media or publications or any kind of that, like you're still feeding into it somewhat, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, that's also what pays these actors and actresses. They have to have some kind of popularity so that their albums sell, their movies sell, their TV shows get watched, like those kinds of things. I think it's just where you have to be mindful of it. Um, There's not, I don't think one clear cut answer. You can't stop all social media and all media in general, because that's going to hurt the artist as well. Um, It's just, you know, thinking through a little bit more what you're giving your time, attention and money to. 
Yeah, I, I think your thoughts on how how that separated out. Well, and I mean, if I'm being honest here in my confessional hour, like this is something like I literally I don't I wouldn't say I struggle with it every day, but it is something that I cognitively and I think especially since we've started doing this show have thought a lot more like yeah, um, which I it's think is a good. Step back. I think yeah. it's good. Um, I do think, um, to your point, like there are publications that um, PR professionals are very common, commonly using. And like you can even tell when it's like their verbiage. We do that with some of the people we follow. We know exactly like, oh, that is definitely whomever. Um, and so I do try to do those. I, I think where I get tripped up the most, I'm, I'm very mindful now on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I think where I get tripped up the most currently still is on Twitter or whatever I'm supposed to call it because you're just hey, 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 nobody knows what you're talking about. I don't want y'all to think I'm talking about something already. <laughs> I mean, I for sure yeah. I'm not clicking on that, but I, you know, you're just scrolling. And so yeah. like, you'll see a headline or a picture and I will like, I mean, that's the point of it. That's why they make it that yeah. way that like, you'll just click on it. And there's been some I've even sent to you. And like the second I realized like what the publication was, I'm like, oh, dang. Ugh, yeah. I feel gross. Like, <laughs> you know, and usually I'll be like, oh, never mind. Y'all look at that. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I think that like what I've tried most recently to be more mindful of and more honestly, more supportive of is when a celebrity actually makes a statement themselves yep. when they actually put something out that they literally will say Bradley Cooper said X, you know right I'm gonna click on that a hundred times because I want that to I get want a direct quote to get, I want that to get promoted and highlighted before I want the well so and so saw this you know whatever right because I think like that's I think we're honestly fighting what feels like a losing battle but it doesn't mean we stop trying. Right. And I think like, I mean, you know, like I have these aspirations to one day be some kind of entertainment journalist, right? Mm -hmm. Not a paparazzi person. Like, first of all, I don't think the pictures. But second of all, like, that has no appeal to me. But like, being able to go attend the Golden Globes last night and write a recap, that would be like yeah. a dream job for me. Yeah. But a recap of an event is not, well, so-and-so was saying this to so-and-so. Right. And I could tell by reading her lips, this is what she was saying. It's not that. Yeah. But when I'm on Twitter and I see it, I'm like, whoa, what? I'm yeah. going to accidentally well, click on it and then be like down the rabbit hole. 18 articles right. later, like I've sent it to you and I got a whole theory in my head. What's happening? <laughs> um, but I think that actually brings up a good point. So recently, Aaron Rodgers, the NFL player, um, got in a little heated thing with Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Aaron Rodgers made some statements on the Pat McAfee show about the Epstein log that was about to come out and uh, said basically that Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on it. Yeah. Um, the list came out. No Jimmy Kimmel. Um, so Jimmy was pissed, which I was I really surprised, surprised by. Like, yeah, I was a little surprised, though. And he basically said, keep it up and we will debate the facts further in court. And honestly, when he said that, I was like, whoa, Jimmy, settle down. But then I was like, you know what? That's honestly what it's going to take. It's going to take Jimmy Kimmel taking Aaron Rodgers to court or Trey Payne herself coming out on Twitter and saying, Dumas, enough is enough. And if you well, don't stop, we're going to pursue you legally. And I think they probably have and they should. 
Well, in this day and age, I think when you have someone with a platform like Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of people that whatever he says, they take it as gospel. So yeah. if he said it, it absolutely has to be true. And then in turn, again, you have those people that take things to the extreme where they're mm -hmm. then sending in bad reviews to companies, to restaurants, to, you know, whatever the case may be. Or it escalates to the point where you're threatening them and their family. And that's just what Jimmy said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He said, you put my wife and my children in danger. Yeah. I just, these celebrities have a platform. You have to be so careful on what you say because there are such huge repercussions for it. It's one thing if you and I are having a chat through text message and we say, oh, I bet so-and-so is on the list. Mm -hmm. Which again, why would you even speculate? Why would it matter? But <laughs> We're not, you know, globally broadcast to where all of these people are going to see this and take it as gospel. And it's just you have to be so mindful. And in this culture, you can be canceled just by one person giving an opinion, not based on fact at all. Um, and well, that's and I do okay. think, I think unfortunately, I do think some of these celebrities are going to have to legally pursue some of this stuff because I think at the end of the day, that the dollar talks. And I think if some of these celebrities put their money where their mouth is, if they're frustrated, if they're not, you know, whatever, like, I honestly feel like it is going to come to that. And I do think, I mean, my opinion is probably that Tree has legally started to go after Dumont. And I think she should. And I think that, um, I think Jimmy Kimmel should pursue the Aaron Rodgers thing. Because until these people are like, oh, okay, these people are serious, they're just going to keep doing yeah, and well, I think like, for just saying whatever you want so flippantly. And I think that's part of the thing with this show. I mean, we knew that we wanted a show that like hits on our love of things that are pop culture or sports and things like that that we're really interested in. And we know probably far too much about in good and bad ways. Um, but we didn't want to be another one of those. Right. And like, honestly, candidly, it's hard on these shows to... To find that line. Not, not continue the rumor. When we made the Taylor episode, not talk about, well, on the internet, they said this song, blah, 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 blah. It's hard because it's everywhere. Yeah. And then when you do have someone like Taylor who does put Easter eggs, you're like, well, she kind of wants us to do that. But does she want us to like wonder what it's about or who it's about? Like, yeah. you know, there's, but I think that I would be really sad if today's culture would drive an artist like Taylor to stop the Easter egg because it's such a part of how she's connected to her community. And I think even some of these ones that are frequently tipping off back grid, I think it would be sad if like they felt that they had to go like reclusive, like when Taylor yeah. was gone for all those years during the reputation era. Like, I think that would be incredibly sad. I would actually genuinely be very sad. Yeah. And their lives shouldn't be that way. There's a way to responsibly do this. But I think it's like anything when you've let it snowball, like how do you get back to like status quo? Yeah, That part without a legal component to it. I don't know. Because I don't think that companies are going to roll it back any because like you've said, they make too much money. So yeah. what company is going to take the stand to be the one? that yeah. you know doesn't play into the anonymous thing doesn't become invasive when everybody else is still doing it so literally all they have is just lost revenue well and i think you know 
it, it will take celebrities and athletes. It will take them supporting shows, publications, writers. Yeah. Why, why space? If you want to come on here and talk about whatever, I'm just saying it's we going to take them. Yeah. It's going to take them publicly supporting those entities though, mm -hmm. to shift things. And so while they didn't, maybe ever intend this beast to grow as big as it has it has and they as the celebrity the one with the power they're gonna have to take that power back and put it to the right direction right i honestly believe they're the only ones that can do that um mm -hmm. and i think that like the idea of setting like healthy respectful boundaries it's only going to happen if they give a framework to make it happen yeah. And I don't even know if at the end of the day it'll happen, but I do think it could get a lot better. I mean, we've seen in our own lives just in a month's time since the tree Dumas thing. Yeah. But I think I think too that, you know, PR is something we talk a lot about this that like is super fascinating, right? And I would love to know more. Like I would love to like understand it better and like I mean there's such a wonder behind it. And I even wonder, like, did I miss my calling? Should I have done that? Like, <laughs> but, you know, this past week, or no, I guess it was over the weekend. So much of this happened so quickly. The New York Times put out an article about Taylor, and it was an opinion article. And I think that that is, that's another slippery slope, right? Wow. Opinion articles have existed since, like, the dawn of newspapers, I think. Yeah. I mean, in some form or fashion, whether it was, um, what was that? Was it Dear Abby? Dear Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, had an opinion. opinion. Like yep. whoever Abby was, she had an opinion. Maybe she still exists. I don't know. But you know, this opinion writer puts out something in the New York Times about Taylor and her her sexuality, whatever. Yeah. It was very rumor based. It was very like deep dive into all the rumors, which none of our business. Um, yeah. But also, you put something like that in the New York Times, and because for so long. Previously, the New York Times was like this beacon of news and like sophistication and like whatever. People take, it, people take it as the gospel. And yeah. so like then, of course, you know, the rebuttal article comes out through CNN because you can't take a rebuttal to New York Times to people. Like, right. You know, you had to go to CNN. Was it Taylor's team? I don't know. The author of the article, Oliver Darcy, says it wasn't her team, but he's also yeah. paid to say that. Right. I don't. I don't know if it was her team. I mean, seems pretty plausible that it was, but again, they had to go to CNN. Like they couldn't go to TMZ, you know? And so I think those like conscious decisions of who you give the story to and what stories yeah. you put out and respond to, I think that that's super important. And I think that role of PR has got to take this active stand that society is never going to do for itself. Right. I agree. Well, and it's and such just, a cop out for these big publications to try and legally stand behind the guise of an opinion piece. You can't yeah. sue us because it was just someone's opinion. It's just right. alleged, you know, what mm -hmm. a cop out, but it has huge implications for people. There are some people that are, you know, have the mental capacity and strength to be like, let them say what they're going to say. It's whatever. And they'll move on with their life. But there are others that can't do that. And there are things that are given an opinion to that are so big that you mm -hmm. can't let that slide because you have to set a precedence. 
you can't yeah. just start speculating on everyone's sexuality or on anything in their private life. That's not fair to them. You would not want the same in return for someone or for to your be children. So like, invasive. Yes. It's yeah, I just think about their parents a lot. Like I can't I fathom that we as a society are moving past. I know right now we're in the thick of it. We're in the day and age, but I think that especially our generation that are raising children and are very adamant of my kids are not going to be on social media until they're in college. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this. And I think once we get a little bit further along that maybe that will start to help dial back some of this invasiveness. I think there is an aspect of it on the parenting side of it, because I do, I think about these celebrities, parents, a lot, the things that they open their phone and read about their own kids. And, you know, part of it, they're like, Whoa, wait, wait is that real on the attack? Constantly. Oh, it wouldn't be good. I'll say that about but <laughs> I do think there's an aspect as parents, like we know that we have to prepare our children and protect them when it comes to social media in yeah. general, right? More so based on like predators, right? But right. I think that there's like a lesson that we need to start teaching our kids about this. Yeah. Because if not, we're only going to perpetuate the issue because my kid is, well, he's eight now. He was seven when we were in New York. Yeah. And he's still like, oh, you know, is this is this happening? And like, sure, he has a mom that loves pop culture, but he does, yeah. too. And I think that that in our kids is only going to grow even more because of social media and just like how accessible these people are now. Whereas back in the day when we were kids, like I didn't even know those people were real. Like, I, you know, like I assume the conversations to you being able to teach him early on how to set healthy boundaries and what information we should know and we shouldn't know. and you get to steer the conversation, even without blatantly saying, no, we're not going to do that or we're not going to read that. You get to steer the conversation on how you want it to be played out so that his little mind can start to then think it through. Right. And here's the thing. We don't know who we're raising. Yeah. We might be raising the next person that's going to be followed by the paparazzi. And I think it's important to instill in them, like, you own your truth. You decide what you do with it. And you stay in the driver's seat. Like nobody else takes that. And I think it's like teaching them to be respectful of other people's boundaries, but also being respectful enough of themselves to create their own boundaries. And I think that's part of the thing. Like we went from like when we were kids, celebrities were like this thing that like you never saw in real life. And it was just like this city on a hill kind of situation yeah. to like, morphed into like literally I'm sitting next to Adam Driver at brunch on Christmas Day in New York. You know, like normal. I mean, like as you do, clearly. <laughs> but um and not even intentionally because I don't know. Yeah. But you know well, I do like, think that it comes from teaching children and even us rethinking a lot of those things about our own self to then when they get older and start seeing these things play out in the media, then turning those thoughts onto other people. One of the biggest things that I always push on my kids. And I'm always saying what someone else says about you is not your truth. Mm -hmm. Let them say what they're going to say. That doesn't have to be your truth. And yep. you need to be strong enough to understand they're saying it for a myriad of reasons. I can still go on and do life and that's not going to affect me. And then in turn, I think they can see things play out in the media and be like, well, so-and-so is just going to say that about this person for whatever mm -hmm. reason. That doesn't have to be the truth about them. But it does start with us teaching these younger generations and ourselves rethinking, you know, some of the things that, you know, we've given attention to, effort to, 
um, and how we've thought about it in the past. Well, and I think, you know, last night with the Golden Globes happening, um, and we texted throughout the show, even though you were not watching and I was having to tell you everything that was happening. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of things happening. So basically, you know everything that happened at that point. But, you know, like I think even in the monologue of the comedian, which was horrendous, but anyway, oh. he chose to take a narrative on the movies like Barbie or on Taylor Swift's personal life. He chose to take a real negative narrative in his monologue at the expense of them for a laugh that he didn't get. Um, and he really bombed. But I think it's important to teach our kids to how to respond in those moments. Yeah. You know, he told the joke about Barbie just being a movie about a plastic doll with boobs, which mm -hmm. clearly never seen Barbie, which we're right. going to do an episode on. But whatever. He just made himself look like a buffoon. But the cameras quickly spanned to like a lot of key people. Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie. Uh, Selena Gomez, um, Meryl Streep, and all of them are like given yeah. these looks of disdain because they're like, how dare you, first of all? And second of all, like, you just sound like an idiot. Like, you but I think that's a prime example of people speaking on things because of their platform, and you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You're just well, it's like then he that. made the joke about Taylor, and like, oh, the difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL is we'll have less screenshots of Taylor here, which was not true. She was every other screenshot. But yeah. And she gave him a look that, like, Listen, right. if I ever got that look from her, I would just never face society. Right, I'm again. done. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I, I retire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like it's important to teach our kids these people around them, whether it is a comedian on a stage at the Golden Globes or the kid in their class, are going to say whatever they're going to say. And they're going to think they understand a situation or can spin a situation that you're involved in. And if that becomes a reality, but it, we can't right. control that. I just said this to my son yesterday about something else. I can't control that kid in his response, but I can control you. And as long as I can, this is how we do it. Right. And I think it's important as parents, because again, we don't know if we're raising a celebrity. Yeah. God help us if we are, but maybe we are. But even if we're not, I think it's important to teach our kids like how to respond in those moments. And it's okay to give a go to hell look because respond. he deserved that. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't get up and throw a big hissy fit. They've not put anything in the media. They right. might. Uh, I could definitely see like Greta or someone from the Barbie cast being like, oh, what? This is a prime example. But I'm sure Taylor won't say anything. And like, but I think it's important to teach our kids that like, again, it's just noise. Yeah. And you cannot control someone else. So you have to learn to control yourself and your emotions and your responses right. and what you do with that. Like, yeah. Let stuff like that be the fuel for something good in your life, not to destroy or defeat. And I think that applies to more than the paparazzi. But I also think I think it's one of the only ways as parents that we can help start creating these boundaries. We can do it in our own personal lives. We've unfollowed Dumois. I do not give her my two dollars. I do not follow the, the jet accounts anymore. Um, we still consume pop culture all day, every day. And yeah. We just are choosing to try and do that in the most responsible way we can find to do. And we are more than willing to have any of these celebrities come on the show so we can also further that responsible way of doing this. But I think as parents, like, it's know, what we have to do. Yeah. I would love to know a celebrity's take on what they feel is a healthy boundary for a fan and yes. what they also consume. Because, you know, they're reading things about other celebrities that are within their yeah. circle or within their industry. So yeah. it would be interesting to know while we can kind of look back and try and analyze 
how we're doing things, it would be interesting to know what they think is maybe the healthiest route to take and what's more respectful to them. Because we can really get all we want of what's respectful, but it might not be something yeah. that's super helpful. That is a good point because there's that one, Taylor Swift has that one song, I can't even think of what it is, but she talks about meeting whomever that might have been. And what did she do? She went home and like looked him up on the internet yes. and read everything she could about him, which yeah. is a very millennial thing to do and something we all do and have done. And so like, how does, how does she do that responsibly? How do they like, because so much of this is out there, like they know half of the stuff about them is not true. So how do they know what to consume on the internet? So maybe that'll be our goal for the show for 2024 is to get a celebrity on here to talk about that. Yeah, we got questions. We're taking <laughs> applications if anyone's interested. It's really not a hard process. <laughs> yeah, really. You don't even have to fill anything out. We'll just have you write on. Shoot us an email. <laughs> DM. Um, or just respond when we DM you. It's fine either way. <laughs> um, I think that's all I've had. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on this topic? No, I just, th I think this is such a important topic that not only we ourselves can kind of go back and rethink how we're doing um, and analyze that, but also teaching this new generation coming up, you know, how to be responsible, responsible, respectful, how to respond to things and how sometimes it's best to just not respond. Um, yeah. So I think it's a bigger topic to be talked about, um, yeah. but definitely you can only do so much, but you doing something matters. So yeah, I'm sure it's something that will come up on here a lot, especially as we dig into the why behind things, but in a respectful way. I'm sure it's something we'll talk about again. Yeah. But all right. So I think that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, be sure and follow our show on Instagram where we will not post any blind items um, at whyspace.com. <laughs> you have to spell it all out. And be sure to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Um, the Y Space Show. And tell all your friends so that we can get real celebrities on here and find out their why. Um, and I think that's about it. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.